Um, well, uh, hello everyone and welcome to the third of our NLBMR holiday campaign webcasts. I am John McKellen of Ballcaps and Bagpipes. And on the other half of Ballcaps ball and Bagpipes, Jason Durr. But what I was trying to say is it's John's birthday today. John, happy birthday. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. You have nothing better to do but come chat about baseball card and a baseball art on your birthday. That is tragically true. Um, <laughs> Look at that yeah, I'm the, still by a considerable distance, I think, the youngest guy here, but uh, mm. I'm getting up there. I'm, I'm now 33. Uh, so <laughs> so uh, I appreciate that you, uh, in the spirit of this being my birthday, Jason, haven't worn any offensive clothing for once. <laughs> I wore I wore it yesterday for you. So today it's all about Phil Negro. No, well, you wore the good stuff yesterday. That was good. Um, so uh, yeah, we've had a couple of different plans that have all gone gone out of the window for this one. Um, let's first introduce uh, these other two young uh, young snappy young lads uh, before we get into that. Uh, first off, Tad Tad Richardson. Hello. Back with us uh, yeah. once again. Uh, thanks for joining us, Tad. And we've been rescued at the last minute. Beg your pardon? John didn't comment on the hat. I recognize the hat. John should recognize the hat. It's a baseball skull on hat. <laughs> yeah. That's for you. That's for you guys. I'm tipping my cap to you to this week. Awesome. <laughs> um, we've, we've been saved from potential embarrassment at the last minute by Daniel Horay. Thank you for joining us again. Thanks for having me again. It's great to have you on. Um, we're going to have just a more intimate chat this week, not the round table thing. Uh, we haven't been able to organise anything bigger, obviously, with the holidays and stuff like that. Um, so we're going to be able to go back to the usual format of one-to-one -one with Tad here. Um, that gives us a chance to go over maybe some things that we haven't covered with you the last couple of times you've been on the show. Um, Jason, uh, what, what would you like to start with this evening? Well, let's do a general catch-up. Uh, we've already chatted with Tad, but let's ask Daniel. Let's let's see how things went for you. How did the sales go for you overall? Uh, for the for the Negro Leagues uh, fundraiser. Yes. It went it went pretty well. It was a different format for me than I than I usually kind of am, am known for. Uh, I had a, a print set of I think six sixteen different prints, uh, kind of making a little mini art gallery out of it. And uh, I didn't know what to expect. It, it was uh, yeah, just different, and I was very, I was ha happy with how it turned out, and happy happy that we could you know raise those raise more than I expected for the museum. Well, it's amazing. So the set was great. Uh, and have you continued with that with more Negro League players? And I, I know you do a weekly sale, and we'll we'll talk about your one that's on currently. Uh, Tad's already kind of slowly touched on that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm curious, uh, who else have you produced since then? Since then, um, no one from the Negro League since then, but we've had, I think, Tony Gwynn, Steve Garvey, uh, The Big Hurt, and uh, and I'm sure some other people that I can't remember. <laughs> Uh, so why Steve Garvey? Was that, that wasn't a, a shout out to Heavy J, was it? No, I, I didn't know that he was a, a fan until I had released it. But you know, I'm I'm from Los Angeles, and he's he's you know home, hometown hero. I don't know how many radars he's he's on uh, worldwide, but but as a as a LA Dodger kid growing up, you know, he was he was you know Mr. Dodger, and uh, got to work with him directly on on that release, and so that was a, a, a special one. Really, you got to work with him directly. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's that was that was a treat for sure. 
how did that come about? Did you reach out to Steve and say, hey, look, I'm, this is what I'm doing? And uh, just kind of got conversations going from there? That's exactly how I did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nice connection. So, so funny enough, I remember Garvey Moore as a Padre. So that's because I was a Padre fan in the, in the early 80s. But yes, I know his history as a Dodger and his huge forearms that he had. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was funny. Some of the comments were uh, to my to my piece. Like, his his arms aren't big enough. His arms aren't big enough. So yeah, so John won't know this, but he he always had these massive forearms. They were just huge. Uh, and so yeah, uh, everyone knew him for his. He kind of looked like Popeye, John. That's the best way to describe him. <laughs> um, given that era, is, is there any? reason to be suspicious about that or was he just the uh, country strong so i'll let you know dan do you want to tell him his nickname <laughs> mr mr clean mr clean yeah mr clean yeah so he was just happened to be <laughs> one big strong yeah. boy basically yeah. yeah he was he was uh he was what he at that time he was kind of the dale murphy of the dodgers you know, just very, 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 you know, Mr. Mr. Clean, even Mr. Dale Murphy was called Mr. Clean, you know, back in the day as well. He wasn't even all that big, just he had huge forearms. Yeah. Somebody got to get on that. <laughs> cool. And so uh, your current one is Jobs, Josh Gibson. I guess this will segue into, uh, we'll ask Tad about where we're going with the fundraiser and what things are going to now, but uh, who are you working on currently? Uh, yeah, right now is uh, very, very proud to call, you know, not not Negro League player, but Major League player, Josh Gibson. Fantastic. Yeah, so your work is good. Uh, Tad's flashing the shirt. We can't see that until you speak, so you got to speak, Tad, and then flash the shirt. <laughs> we're in panel view, Jason. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Mine's not a panel view. So what? I'm going to switch that now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Gibson MVP. Um, now, Tad, to say again to that, um, what is that shirt and where can people find it? Uh, this shirt is available um, on Josh, the Josh Gibson Foundation's website. Um, yep. Just uh, I think it's joshgibson.org. Um, and then they also, the, the website to, to really look at, if you haven't already, um, to, to learn about Josh Gibson is jg20mvp.com. It's a really great website that his team put together and, um, and it just, uh, uh, lays out the case for the Josh Gibson, uh, Memorial MVP trophy. So Daniel, to piggyback off of that, um, Regarding Josh Gibson and your work on Josh Gibson during uh, this period of uh, working on Josh Gibson, have you done much research into the man? Um, and if so, is there anything that's come out uh, in your research that you were surprised by or maybe didn't know or like a, an interesting fact that really grabs your attention? Sure. Um, you know, when, when, the, when the fundraiser came in October, I, I, didn't, know, I didn't know a ton about, about the, the Negro League players. And so there was a lot of education that I, you know, had to do for myself. And so um, approaching it now, a couple months later, you know, I, I feel more comfortable with kind of my knowledge of the players. And, and, and first time around, Josh Gibson really stood out. And so with the recent announcement of the MLB recognize it as major leagues, 
and the and the push to rename the trophy it was just just a new set of eyes that I was able to look at Josh Gibson with and also um I was able to talk with Sean Gibson his great-grandson and um what I didn't know the, the picture that I had chosen to 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 use as my reference for the for the current release is is actually a really important uh photograph to the Gibson family um, I did not know this at the time, but but Josh Gibson Jr. is one of the kids that's surrounding um, that's surrounding Josh in, in the photo. So so it was a meaningful photo for the family, and they and you know obviously there's no color version of that photo that exists. So so to see it in color was uh, was was I think it was it was neat for Josh to see. I mean for for Sean to see. That's awesome, man. Um, now, you guys have both had some discussion with Sean Gibson at times. Have you sounded him out at all about how he's feeling about the recent announcement of the Major Leagues acknowledging Negro League Baseball as major? Um, Tad, have you, have you heard anything from Sean on that regards? Hey, you know what? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sending Sean a text right now because he said he might be able to jump on here at 6.30. Right. So in about 15 minutes. Um, so we can we can ask him maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so no, I no, I no, haven't. No, uh, no, so I'm going to I'm going to just pause myself for a second and I'm going to say. So welcome anyone who's tuned in to, you know, the mad half hour of ball caps and bind fights where we've just had uh, we had literally um, I got on about five minutes before we started from celebrating my birthday. So I've had no time whatsoever to prepare. Um, obviously we had a plan uh, from last week that, that didn't unfold um, with it being a holiday week. So we had to scrap that. So we had to throw a couple of different plans at the action. And then thankfully that you came to the rescue. Um, but <laughs> let's hope that we can get a chance to sound Sean out of that. Um, I swear, Jason, I'm not drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you don't drink, so we're fine. So. I think he's maybe a little excited over there. Yeah, I'm just cold and tired, honestly. It's been a long day. It's playing in the snow with my son, something else. Um, so where were we, Jason? So I was more curious about the picture you chose and you decided to colorize it. Uh, how did you go about deciding which colors to use? Did you pick colors you like or did you actually go and try to get it colorized yourself before doing that? Um, well, picking that that photograph to begin with, I actually had finished finished the comic, and it was a classic classic pose, you know, baseball player doing what baseball players do. Uh, but it, it wasn't there was nothing really special about it. It was it was kind of a classic uh, hero piece, and um, you know, it just it didn't didn't it didn't ring with the kind of specialness that I was hoping. So I after I finished it, I scrapped it and started over. And I had saw this picture of of Josh with all the kids around him, and I felt that was a more compelling story to tell rather than like the the the, the hero swing. Um, and and you know what's important to me in the the work is, is sorry, I'm answering way more than you asked. No, 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 absolutely. Go feel free to go into detail. What what's important to me is to be able to tell a story in the work. You know, I don't I don't want to, as Matthew Lee Rosen says, don't want to just make decoration. Uh, I, I want to be able to tell a story, and, and I love the story that um, that it just had him surrounding, surrounded by kids. Uh, I, I love the story and the narrative that told. Like he, he was obviously well loved, and um, 
and it was it was great to be able to talk to Sean about this, especially about the color aspect, because it's it's not a one for one recreation of the the original picture. There's some things moved around, uh, things uh, colored differently, and and what I wanted to do in this piece is um, not not just make um, not just make all uh, African American kids, but but I wanted I wanted to to highlight that he is a, he is a hero that can be looked up to by all um, and uh, th that anyone can hopefully find themselves in one of the images of the kids looking up to Josh Gibson, you know, not, not just a, not just, not, not a hero with a qualifier, Negro league hero, but hero. Mm -hmm. And so, so that was behind some of the colors of the skin tones was, was those choices. And, and then beyond that, just trying to keep in a, in a, in a color palette that was, that was appropriate for the time. And, and, um, so I'm kind of going for a, uh, like a 1930s, 1940s comic style with that. And, and uh, keeping, keeping Josh, like he's the only one in that gray color. Like no one, no one else has that gray color in, in the image because I want him to be able to kind of stand out. He's, he's in the mid, he's an obvious focal point, but, but not only with just composition, but with color too. I want to make him the, the main focus of the piece. You've touched on comics quite a bit. You obviously produce a comic. So I was curious, which comics actually uh, influence you and which ones are really kind of uh, true to the heart that you, you know, have there and draw some inspiration from? Just in general for the spot? In general, yeah, spot absolutely specific. in general. Because, I mean, you're going to find inspiration uh, in the strangest things. So, so some people are like, you know, okay, this is the normal one you hear there, but then you find something else about, oh, you know what, I really like the style's done and I want to try to, you know, to incorporate it into my designs. Sure. Um, it's, I, I really can't point to one comic or, or series or artist that says th this, this is who inspired me, but I think just, just consuming particularly eighties comics, that's kind of my, my era in which I grew up, but, but just the overall kind of collection of, of comics and aesthetics from that area era really, really speak to me. Um, and that, that being said, I, I love the comics of like, the, the 30s and the 40s because um, a lot a lot fewer color a lot more uh, primary colors there um, it's just it's very very eye-catching actually I have uh, I can show you this one it's probably going to be backwards here on your end but but here's a recent Mike Trout side by Mike Trout um, a recent Mike Trout and I really wanted to harken back to uh, an older style so I've got just mostly reds yellows and blues here to to kind of go throw back to that old style um kind of classic look well that's, that's really awesome you got mike uh, mike trout to sign that did you get that done by yourself or did you send it to him or how did you acquire that one i uh i i did send that to him yeah i, I did that as a uh, a giveaway actually i'm going to be sending that one out i uh i did the the mike, the mike trout run a couple weeks ago and uh and that is uh, one lucky person is gets to take that home with them. Amazing! I wish it was me. <laughs> Surely you would have sent copies. One. one for you, one for the giveaway. <laughs> you would have thought, right? <laughs> oh. Oh, Ted's sharing your Josh Gibson piece now, so we all can see it. So uh, yeah. So similarly to what I was mentioning, that that uh, that blue, yellow, and red there. Uh, Going back to primary basic colors, and all, all the, uh, the the drama you know happening happening below the letters, and that's where all the storytelling uh, kind of takes place there. 
was really and did, did uh, Sean tell you which one is is junior? Uh, he did. He did. You know, I'm gonna have him tell you because he he was describing it to me uh, as as a as the kid behind the the kid behind the kid in the white shirt. So I don't know which which white shirt. Uh, Gotcha. It is so. So maybe he can. He can. Uh, if we bring it on screen when he's here, he can. He can uh, tell us for sure. Yeah. Hopefully, he can join. So um, while we have this up, uh, it says hashtag uh, hot fly print. Uh, Daniel, do you want to? While we are trying to kill some time to see if uh, we're going to have uh, another guest on or not, uh, do you want to go into hot fly a little bit uh, for anyone who hasn't already uh, been made aware of that? Sure. Uh, so Popfly is, is, uh, is a Popfly pop shop, I guess, is, is my, my uh, metaphorical comic book art shop that, that, uh, that, I, that I have made. And through that, I do the Popfly prints, which is uh, a, a weekly, uh, a weekly a release, comic book style release. I do a different baseball theme, not always, not always a person, but sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a, an event or or uh, an era, but but baseball related in some way. Uh, I sell it for one week, and uh, after that week is over, that print is retired and is not made anymore. Um, and the print run, kind of like Tops, actually exactly like Tops twenty twenty, is as as many people purchased in that purchasing window is how large the print run is. So so we could have very few or very much, um, kind of just depending on the interest. Interesting. Now, speaking of interest, uh, have you ever run a series and then had kind of a backlash about not selling it anymore? Uh, that, it feels like uh, half the time that's that's what I do is, is disappoint people. Uh, <laughs> reaching reaching out. Uh, I, I'm in the business of making art and, and disappointing people. Uh, <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> what would you say has been your most successful print? Uh, definitely the the Mike Trout by 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 a lot. And this would be the Melville Meteor that we just saw a moment ago. Yeah, this one, um, this one here, but in reverse. I'm guessing it's it's backwards on your end. Maybe no, it's, it's perfect. Not. We're going. Oh, yeah. All right. So yeah, so uh, I got to I got was lucky enough to be on MLB Network's Hot Stove. Uh, I think week before last. And that coincided with the release of that print. So uh, that was a, a perfect storm of a popular player, an autograph uh, that was a, potentially could be yours. And uh, being on a hot stove, that was that was a, a good recipe. Tell us more about being on a hot stove. What kind of experience was that? Is that the first time you've been on? Uh, have you been on there before, or is this the first time? What was it like? First time being on, it was absolutely terrifying, John. Um, <laughs> I, it, it was it was via a uh, via a FaceTime call, and they're East Coast, so it was like six thirty in the morning on my end. So I, I get ready and I answer the Zoom call, and when the Zoom call pops up, all I see is the set. So I don't know if I'm live or not. I don't know if I'm live, so I just go into like <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna smile. I'm gonna smile and be ready. So I'm I'm just smiling there, you know, not knowing if the camera's on me or not. And uh, a, a couple seconds later, I, I I hear some direction from someone on the on the line. So they were on the commercial break or something like that. But but it was I wasn't on camera. But uh, but I didn't know it was gonna be I didn't know it was gonna be live. 
so so that was uh, that was quite something, quite something. I'm 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 glad to have been on it. They 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 gave me eight whole minutes, which is which is pretty huge. Um, but eight, eight minutes of joy and terror and and every other emotion right in between. Yeah, I can imagine because this is hot. It'll be hot stove. This is what we all click on the old winter. Um, you know, like yeah. every day all winter, you know, it's, just a, it's crazy popular, it's great exposure. What's the, uh, what's the feedback been like for, off the back of that? It was, it was phenomenal. Like, like I said, it, it, it led to the biggest release that I've had so far, the biggest print run. So, um, but, but, you know, people have been really, really supportive of this project. Um, I, I kind of joked about, I'm in the business of disappointing people. Uh, which is true, but 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 the but the overall feeling of the whole experience, hot stove and beyond, has been re really positive and, and wonderful. And people have been lovely and supportive and, and fantastic. So, so I'm curious if you've actually seen any of your work on the secondary market yet. Yeah, um, I'm on the wrong end of this. Uh, <laughs> I. I <laughs> There's a yeah. There's a couple of secondary market stuffs. Uh, there is a, a Facebook community, the Pop Fly uh, Pop Fly Collecting community, um, and that's that's where I think most of most of the uh, this buying and selling goes on. There's there's a lot more. Unfortunately, there's a lot more uh, people looking to buy than there is looking to sell. At least for the the older ones, because the print runs were so low. Like I think there was. 13, I think, of the first release, and then you've some similar numbers for the first three or four. So just not a lot out there. So there's a lot of people looking, but unfortunately not not a lot of people are willing to give those up just yet. Dad? Daniel, do you uh, do you limit the number of uh, the quantity that you that you sell to any one individual? Mm -mm. When uh, when I worked for the Mariners, one of my jobs, like I, they would always give me the, the like most difficult jobs and one, and one of the, the most entertaining ones that I ever had was checking kids IDs on, on, on Beanie Baby Day. Yeah. Um, this, is, you know, this is 1998, right? And Beanie Babies are massive and they did, uh, I, I don't have it here, but uh, I, I do still own it, uh, it's a, a moose. Beanie Baby, mm -hmm. and there were like uh, there were, were there there were Beanie Baby pimps um, <laughs> who who were paying who would would who were out sitting right next to like Bubba. You remember the Kingdom ticket booth? There was like this grassy hill right next to it, and there was there was these guys sitting out there. They went through and bought stack of tickets, and they. <laughs> give kids a ticket and a $5 bill to go wow. bring them back a Beanie Baby. <laughs> well, I, I think I just found and my Smurfs. new band name, Beanie Baby Pimps, first of all. And Smurfs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had, I think, I think I had a, the, the best part about that whole day is uh i was i was just kind of leaning on this railing next to the next to the line coming in and this i, I was uh, 99 so i was 29 years old uh and this probably 75 year old lady i'm just leaning on the railing like this and the 75 year old lady she's like 
Are you sure there's nothing I can do to get one of those beanie babies? <laughs> so gentlemen, Literally, uh, I'm, going to, sure. I'm going to bring Sean Gibson in uh, to the chat here. Uh, right. So, yes. Probably good we stopped the beanie baby chat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, <laughs> so while Sean's connecting, Daniel, I wanted to pick up on the Facebook group and the limited uh, quantities that you run of your uh, of your of your work. Um, have you ever looked into sort of the have you ever gauged the numbers of that community and sort of taken an, taken into consideration the possibility of using a kind of subscription model moving forward? Is that something that you've ever considered? I, I would be interested in it. It's it's just. I don't know how, first of all. And the, the second one is uh, what I like about it now is I can take I can take weeks off doing a subscription. I think I would be beholden to a certain amount at a right. for a certain time. And right now I just like the flexibility that you know I can take I could take some weeks weeks off if I want to. And uh, that that's what I'm enjoying about uh, so far about the kind of one off every week. Brilliant. Um, well, uh, let's welcome in a very special guest that's managed to join us for a bit here, Mr. Sean Gibson. Thank you very much for joining us. I didn't know I was a special guest, but okay. You're not just a special guest. Thanks so much for joining us. Sir. Uh, it's very much appreciated. Um, we have been uh, talking for about a half hour so far. Um, let's move to the recent moves that you've been making uh, amongst uh, you know the other families and the foundations uh, one of them being the push for the MVP awards to be renamed in Josh Gibson's honor um, and also the recent announcement by Major League Baseball that they were acknowledging the Negro Leagues uh, in way past time but finally as the Negro, uh, as the Major Leagues that they always were. Um, how are you feeling off the back of that announcement first off the announcement of the stats uh, finally being recognized as major league and the players uh, being recognized as the talents that they really were. Yeah, I mean, right now is great. I mean, you know, for that announcement to happen uh, like two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, uh, for Major League Baseball to finally acknowledge the greatness of these Negro League Baseball players. And, you know, the one thing I will say is that, um, you know, in their comments, it said they were ele elevating the Negro Leagues. And, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't too fond of that elevating word because I think it's more, to me, I think it's more of a merger, um, two leagues coming together and finally recognizing the new leagues. So I think it's more of a merger, but, you know, it's it's great. Um, you know, for, for all the family members and, you know, as you mentioned, for us, it's perfect timing. Uh, we're actually, like you said, in the race, a campaign to rename the MVP award after Josh and we feel as though with these stats coming out, this should help his case. Um, you know, we've always considered Josh Gibson and other great players as major leaguers anyway. Um, I always considered Josh Gibson as one of the greatest baseball players. It's just now, I think for ourselves, for myself and the rest of the family members, you know, you always had those naysayers who always kind of discredit the Negro Leagues because of the statistics. And, you know, I always say it wasn't their fault they couldn't play in the majors. Um, they had to play when they had to play, whether it was barnstorming, um, semi, I mean, uh, exhibition games, Latin, Latin countries. They just played to play the game because they loved the game of baseball. And so, you know, when people try to say about their um, statistics, you know, well, the research has been done. 
you know, this data has been collected for over 20 years. And so um, when it comes out, you know, um, you know, some people are going to be very happy, like the Negro League family members, and some people are going to be disappointed because some guys will get knocked off those rankings. And as one reporter, as one reporter told me, you know, records are made to be broken. And so, um, you know, so it's exciting, you know, it's exciting for the 3,400 players um, that they did research on. And, you know, you talk about 3,400 players, you're talking about thousands of thousands of family members that are excited about this. And so, you know, I will say this to wrap up a pandemic year, <laughs> <laughs> 20, um, you know, we didn't expect this the last two weeks of 2020 to have this great news, but with everything that has gone on throughout the pandemic year, um, you know, there's no way to top it off. And as I mentioned in several articles, you know, we just celebrated Josh Gibson's 109th birthday, December 21st. So no perfect timing to have a, a great birthday gift for Josh and an early Christmas gift for the Gibson family. That's the way we look at it. That's a great way to look at it. And I think it's important to touch on the naysayer aspect that you mentioned there. It's important to remember as well that these are records that should never have been separate in the first place. Um, they were always major league talent. They just weren't allowed to play with the major leaguers. Um, that's due to historical nonsense by um, you know people who kept these extremely talented players out of Major League Baseball for no valid reason whatsoever, the only reason being the colour of their skin, and that's quite sickening uh, and a bit of a stain in American history. Um, it's good that it's finally, um, you know, steps are finally being made to right that wrong. Um, do you, how far along that process do you think we are at this point, Sean? Are we all the way there almost, or are we, do we still have a long way to go? As far as the stats, or just what are you saying? A long way to go as far as what? In terms of the Negro League's story being told properly, sorry, because oh. you mentioned it's 3,400 players, that's 34 stories that are largely untold still to this day. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them probably never will be because of the lack of information that may be out there. Yeah, the Negro League story will never, will never stop ending. Um, and it's funny you asked that question because somebody asked me the same questions like, okay, what happens to the Negro Leagues now? Nothing. They're still going to, their story has to still be told. And I'm going to, keep, we're going to keep telling the story. All this, all, really, this is just another chapter in the Negro Leagues history. Um, it's a great chapter, don't get me wrong, but we're going to always tell the story what happened before. I mean, you got to realize we're celebrating 100 years of history here, yeah. you know, and you can't just forget about that just because now they're considered major leaguers. You can't, you're never going to forget about that. Um, it's sad that it took this long because, as we all know, a lot of those guys are gone. So they will never, ever know that they've been acknowledged this way. Uh, so that's why it's up to myself and the other family members to carry on that legacy, to let people let people know and not forget what these guys went through. Um, so, no, the, the history of the Negro Leagues and telling the story of all these great men will definitely still be told. This is for myself, when I tell the story, all this is is another chapter added into my story. Um, so, but we cannot forget. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now you mentioned how much, uh, you know, you take this very seriously, um, quite clearly uh, being Josh's advocate and being an advocate for Negro Leagues more in general. How, how much of your time does this take up, Sean? Is this a full-time deal for you or is this something that you do uh, with your free time? How much of a commitment is this? 
I'm full-time. So I run the Josh Gibson Foundation full-time. Um, this is a full-time job. It's a job that, um, so, you know, what I, I look at it as a job. I look at it as carrying on my family legacy. Um, now, do I make a profit from it? Yes, I have to survive, but it's not about the profit. It, it, for us, it's, it's about branding Josh's image. You know, we want, you know, when it comes to Josh Gibson, we want people to understand his brand and what he's, what he, what we have, what we done with his name and his image. And so when we do that, um, it's like working with different organizations, different companies, different artists. The first and foremost is Josh's brand. You know, we don't do anything that will tarnish his brand, number one. And so the way we look at it is, is that this, like I always said, get back to the MVP, right? So if the MVP and when it's named after Josh, it's not just about Josh Gibson. It's about all the players that were denied the opportunity. So when we celebrate, it's not just the Gibson family celebrating, it's the Page family, Buck Leonard family, Leon Day, Turkey Stearns, Rap Dixon, all those guys that were denied the opportunity. It's just going to carry his name on it. But believe me, we're all celebrating. And I think that's the most important thing when we talk about the MVP. You know, Kennesaw Landis denied some great talent. And people, you know, since this happened, what, December 16th it happened, I think I've done probably about 22 interviews since then. Um, and so just talking to some of the people, who's going to benefit from this the most, okay? All of us is going to benefit from it, right? But now you're looking at Barry Bonds, okay? His record may be broken now from Hank Aaron because they're going to include Hank Aaron's home run records into the Negro Leagues. I mean, home runs into the Negro League. So he may take them over top of Barry Bonds. Willie Mays will benefit from this the most. The three, play, the three players that played in both leagues will be Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and Monty Irvin, okay? Then you're talking about the guys who did not play in the majors that will benefit. Number one would be Josh Gibson because of, and people keep asking me about Josh's home runs, okay? Yes, he's credited for having over 800 home runs, but those are, of course, combined games with barnstorming, exhibition, Latin countries, as well as the Negro Leagues. His Negro League home runs will only be close to 300 and something home runs. And I'm fine with that because he'll be in the other categories. 1943, he hit 441. If, if they have, nobody's going to break that. I mean, I'm gonna say nobody's never gonna because every record is made to be broken, but it will, we'll all be dead before it be, be broken, probably. Yeah. Um, he'll be in the top five in number two in batting average, right? He'll be behind Ty Cobb. He'll be in the top five in on base percentage. So if you were to say, okay, would you take several categories or one, which is the home run? I'm taking the several. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, so Josh, you know, like I've been saying all along, you know, before was Josh Gibson, the great Negro League baseball player. No, now is Josh Gibson, the great baseball player, period. That's it. You know, you can't put Negro Leagues or black baseball or that. Now it's, you know, but there's still a lot of unanswered questions that we're trying to figure out because, again, Major League Baseball made this announcement and that's all it was, was an announcement. You know, it's nothing that follow up. It's not like, okay, when is this is officially going to happen? When are you going to be able to 
actually go into MLB record books or record stats and see the great players in those records. So there's a lot of questions that the family members are still kind of unanswered, that are not, not, not answered that we're trying to figure out exactly what's going on, so. Now you mentioned the rough total of Josh's home runs. Do you guys in the family, do you have a specific number that you would count as what you would consider to be his home run total or are you as kind of, you know, are you still trying to count up the, the ones that should be counted yourselves? My number is 799. So you guys count all of them? You guys count all the Barnstorm and the as well? That's what a, his, listen, if you read Josh Gibson's Hall of Fame plaque, right? His Hall of Fame plaque says, Josh Gibson hit almost 800 home runs. So what's almost 800? <laughs> 799. So that's what we got. <laughs> I love it. That's great. <laughs> that's the number. So let's sound Right. <laughs> and uh, I'll have to touch on as well the, the multiple categories that you mentioned. Uh, you know, when you talk about a, a year where he hits 441, which is never going to, I mean, if it's not going to be happening this year, there were only 60 major league games, you know, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, you right. mentioned multiple different categories where he's going to be top five or even in the top two. Um, that's enough of a career to win in multiple MVP awards. So I think that in lieu of that, renaming the MVP award, the Josh Gibson award, would be fitting, honestly. Um, now, to touch on the guy whose name was taken off the MVP award, kind of kind of saw Mountain Landis, a uh, very controversial figure in baseball history for obvious reasons. And what I've read, it doesn't seem that, it's, that there's been a massive outrage about his removal. Now, I might just not be reading the right things, but generally speaking, um, you know, you look at the Cleveland Indians and they're changing their name, the Washington Redskins changed their name and there was a lot of kind of backlash about that. From what I've seen and read, there hasn't been all that much about the removal of Kenneth O'Mountain Landis' name from the MVP trophy. Are you surprised by that? No, I'm not surprised. Um, there's not been no outrage about that. Um, there was one article, I think he has like a nephew or great nephew that's still living and he was an outrage. He was more or less defending his uncle, saying that, you know, he didn't deny African-Americans an opportunity, uh, but it was no outrage that he was removed. It was more of defending him. Um, I think that based off Kennesaw's history, if you come with an outrage, then that means you support what he's done. So I don't see an outrage, you know, because if people, if you, it's hard to kind of outrage that because then you're so, okay, so you're supporting a racist. And so you don't want, you don't want to be on that side of the fence. Um, so I think that's why you don't see an outrage. Um, but, you know, we, we know what Kennesaw stood for. Uh, I don't know him personally. I just go by what we read, of course. But, you know, um, I would say this. There was a lot of talent in the Negro Leagues. I, I feel as though if those guys would have played in those early years, they would have definitely changed the game. I mean, it'd been a lot faster, been a lot more entertaining. Um, a lot of records would have been broken. If you figure once they did finally letting blacks in, I want to say the first 12 out of 15 MVPs were African-Americans. So it changed, it definitely, yeah, there we go. There, we definitely changed. And this is a, a Western Union that the uh, Pittsburgh Courier, the local paper here in Pittsburgh sent to the manager, Pi Trainer, 
just talking about some of the great talent they had right here in Pittsburgh off of the Grays and the Crawfords, if they'd have took that talent just from their own city, they would have been a dynasty. And so, um, but of course, you know, Kennesaw Mount Landis, you know, denied those opportunities. But no, get back to your question, there has not been an outrage. Um, I haven't heard anything of an outrage. And like I said, uh, I read one article where his, I want to say his great nephew, I want to say he's probably like in his 80s or 90s, maybe his nephew. And all he was doing really was kind of defending his uncle. Yeah, and you see, you know, you mentioned that, you know, the attitude of whether or not they changed the game or not. I think the proof was in the pudding. As soon as black players were finally allowed to play Major League Baseball, you know, ever since, the greatest players in the game, a lot of them have been black men. Um, so I think that any suggestion that they, they, they didn't change the game would be silliness at best. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's great to be able to, in this year of years, like you say, this crazy year to the end of the year, be able to share a good news story about Negro League Baseball and the guys who, you know, created that insanely different, entertaining brand of baseball, which, you know, the ripples all reverberated right through the 1980s. You know, in the 1980s, Ricky Henderson, who played like a Negro League player. Um, so it's just, it's good to finally be able to celebrate um, them as Negro League players, which they always were. Yeah. As major league players, sorry. Uh, what's we have here? Joshua Gibson's Hall of Fame flag. This is a Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame flag. Yeah. So that's where I get the 799 from, where it says yeah. hitting catcher <laughs> who hit almost 800 home runs. So if I if I could if I, if if we could use 799 seven I mean 799 and a half, I would have used that. But I just said I won't be greedy. I'll just go with 799. <laughs> So, Sean, you touched on the foundation. What is the foundation currently working on? Man, MVP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, that's our whole focus has been. Uh, because of the pandemic, we can't do much else. No, but we are, um, you know, school is back. We uh, we do have several programs, and we are a partner of the Pittsburgh Public Schools. So we have several programs that we do with the public schools. So one of our programs, we do a STEAM program. Science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. We added, we had STEM. We added the A for arts because there was an opera based off of Josh Gibson's life called The Summer King. You guys know about that? So we're in Scotland. So we don't get a lot of information. Yeah, that. Right, right. Well, yeah. Well, hey, let's 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 y'all like opera in Scotland. So let's bring the let's bring the Summer King to opera. So there was an opera back in 2017 based off of Josh Gibson's life. Um, a guy named Dan Sonnenberg out of uh, Vermont. He's a professor at the University of Vermont. He wrote the opera. Um, actually, he wrote the opera back in 2007, and it took 10 years for it actually finally came to life. And it was a world premiere. It was the first ever world premiere opera in the Pittsburgh opera history. And so um, great opera. It talks about Josh's life. Um, I've never been into opera, but I'm in the, I got into opera when that came out. So it was exciting to see, you know, you never, you know, when you have a, um, a relative of somewhat of a, a celebrity, you would say, you don't think of an opera, you think of books, movies, documentaries, plays, not opera though. So it was very interesting to see his life portrayed in the opera world. 
But um, but yeah, so right now we're just, our program, we have another program called Boys and Men Mentoring Program. We do with some young men here in the city schools. We have a curriculum in a school called BOSA that stands for Business of Sports Academy. And it teaches kids the business side of sports, like sports media, sports marketing, sports law, sports sales, sports events. Just, you know, a lot of kids in our foundation, they all want to be professional athletes. And I tell them, I don't, I'm not trying to give up your dream of becoming a professional athlete, but if you don't make it, you can still be involved in sports behind the scenes and still make great money. And I always tell them, even if you do make it, you got to retire one day. So you still might want to be involved in sports. You could be an agent or a broadcaster or whatever. And so, um, but this year has been kind of rough. You know, we had three, because of the centennial, this was a big year for us. You know, we had three major fundraisers to celebrate the centennial. And of course, due to the pandemic, all those has been postponed until 2021. So we're hoping to get those fundraisers in to raise some money for the foundation um, in 2021. So, um, but overall, you know, it's been a great year, but working on right now, besides those is really, like you said, the MVP campaign. We have a great committee working with Ted and his group. We're really just pushing to get this renamed the MVP after Josh, and we were really focusing on that. Um, and then really getting ready for our 2021 events. And so actually, we're kind of working on two events together because this is our MVP uh, campaign website. Because also in 2022, you may not know, we'll be celebrating Josh Gibson's 50th anniversary of his Hall of Fame induction. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown in 1972. So this pandemic year kind of messed us up because we, we, we was planning on having 2020 for the centennial, then work on then 2021, work on 2022, but now we're working on everything together. Yes. So, but it's, it's a good thing. So yeah, so 2022, we'll be celebrating not only Josh Gibson, but Bug Leonard also went to the Hall of Fame in 1972, as well as Yogi Berra. So we're working with the Yogi Berra family to do something because they are both catchers. Josh Gibson and Yogi Berra were both catchers. We're also working with the Berra family to do something around Josh and Yogi Berra to celebrate the 50th anniversary of their induction to the Hall of Fame. I think that's really going to please John. He's a big Yankees fan. Yogi's not his guy. He's a Thurman Munson guy, but yeah, I think okay. he's with Yogi. <laughs> yeah, Yogi was uh, quite the character, though. I've, I've read quite a bit about Yogi Berra, uh, but Thurman Munson's my, my favorite Yankee. Uh, I just like catchers. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. So Yogi, yeah. Um, it's just it's just so funny that our, we have the, our agent who represents Josh, yeah, our licensing agent, also represents the Bear family. So that's how that came about. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, Sean, I want to ask you just two more questions and then I'll let the other guys uh, ask something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> First off, uh, do you have a favorite Josh Gibson story that's been passed down to you by the family over the years that you would be able to share with us? Um, and the second question, I'll just pop them together. Uh, the second question would be, which current Major League player would you say is the most like Josh Gibson and the way that they play the game and the way that they carry themselves? Well, the first question is, yeah, we have, I, I have more than one story. Um, most of our stories are based off of Josh Gibson off the field because I think that's the most impressive stories for our, our family to talk about because, and I think, you know, you can read books and hear about Josh Gibson's baseball greatness, right? But you don't know some of the personal stories like we know. <laughs> so, 
some of the stories, you know, one that you may not know, he was a he was a great dancer. He loved to dance. And a lot of people don't know, he's like, really? And as, as an athlete's a dancer, he loved to dance. And this is Josh Gibson's wife, Helen, who died. And some of you may or may not know, she actually died giving birth to their twins um, in labor. So she never had a chance to even see the twins. And the story came about that my grandfather, Josh Gibson, wanted the doctor to save his wife and let the twins go, but it was already too late. And so it was a boy girl twin and they were named after their parents. So the girl was my aunt Helen, of course, and my grandfather was Josh Gibson Jr. Um, and so this was, she died at the age of, uh, so Josh was a single parent at 19 years old. And so her sisters, my aunt Becky and Octavia raised the twins while Josh continued playing baseball. And so, my grandfather, Josh Gibson Jr., used to always say that he felt bad for his sister because she didn't get a she didn't get a she didn't have the chance to spend a lot of time with her father um, because he was gone a lot. And so my grandfather did because he was actually a bad boy. So he traveled with the team during the summer. And so Sam Bankhead, who also played on the Negro Leagues, was my grandfather's one of his close friends. And he kind of looked after my grandfather, Josh Gibson Jr. So we have actually, we actually have pictures of my grandfather Jr. in the dugout. But it's so crazy because when you look at his pictures, he don't have on a baseball uniform. He has on like dress clothes. And this is a picture of Josh. So he has on like dress clothes. So, you know, when they went to the game, if you look at any Negro League pitchers, they went to the game dressed up in their suits and hats. And my grandfather, as a bad boy, had on dress shoes, slacks, and a button-down shirt. And so this picture here that Ted, Ted, you showing this picture? Okay, that Ted pulled up. This is my grandfather. And this, this picture always had a lot of controversial in our family because this is not his wife, of course. This was his girlfriend. Uh, her name was Grace, and she lived in Washington, D.C. So this picture is actually in in D.C. When he went, when he, because you know, I don't know, some of you know, that the Homestead Grays also played in Washington D.C. as the Washington Homestead Grays. They played half their games at the National Stadium, and so if you ever go to the National Stadium, you'll see the Josh Gibson statue there. And people say, well, why is there a Josh Gibson statue in D.C.? And that's because they played half their games. And actually, when um, the Nats won their World Series. They were saying this is the first World Series they won since like 1920. And people was like, no, 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 first, first World Series in DC since 1920. And people was like, no, no, no. The Grays won it, I think it was in 43 or 45, they won it in DC. And so that brought a lot of buzz again for the Homestead Grays because it was not the first um, DC World Series. You know, it was the Washington Homestead Grays had the last World Series in DC. So but, you know, Josh was also a great athlete. I mean, besides a baseball player, he was a great swimmer as well as he ran track. So those are some of the stories that I can relate to. This is Josh and the guy in the middle is a Ted Double Duty Radcliffe um, on the in the middle. I don't know who the other guy is, but um, so you can see the W. I don't know if you can see on Josh's sleeve, the W mm -hmm. about, yep, right there. Yeah. So that's the, so they, they had, if you can see, they had the same uniforms as the Grays, but when they went to DC, it had the W on the sleeve that stood for the Washington Homestead Grays. That's what it went, yep. And that's probably in Griffin Stadium. Yeah. 
And so your, your, your other question was, who reminds me of Josh Gibson as of today? No player as of today does. I would say when they was playing, Ryan Howard reminded me of Josh Gibson, um, okay. the way he played the game. Um, there's no too many players like built like Josh or has that home run power as, you know, um, and you figure the last cat, the last black catcher was, was Charles Johnson, I think for Miami. There hasn't been, there's not too many black catchers. Um, but I would say Ryan Howard was the one that reminded me of Josh Gibson the most when he played with the Phillies. Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, guys, I'm going to let you guys <laughs> ask the questions now. Uh, Jason, do you want to start off? No, I'll let the other guys do it. Uh, I know Sean's time is probably valuable. We need to wrap up soon. But uh, I'm, I'm good. Uh, you know, since Ted, since Ted did reach me at the last minute, you know, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Daniel, you've been sitting there patiently. Why don't you uh, ask Sean anything you want to, you want to go? Hey, Sean, it's good to see you face-to-face. -face. We chatted over the phone yesterday. Um, yeah. Tad, you can pull up that comic again, if possible. Uh, Sean, I know you're- Oh, mentioned... so well, you're Dan, you're, you're the comic guy? I'm the comic guy. Oh, wow, man. See, if Tad would've told me that, I would've jumped on earlier. <laughs> you know what? No, and I apologize, Daniel, because you, you look, you meet so many people. No worries. Here. I saw Daniel, but I didn't put two and two together. I'll say, man, hey, every, I don't know if you saw, but everybody's like loving your stuff, man. Even when I put, I got so many likes already. Everybody's loving it, man. Good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's doing really well so far. And yeah, I'm really, really proud to have it out there. Um, and one interesting anecdote that you shared with me that, that I would like to, if, if you're okay with it, share with everyone else, but Josh Jr. is in that picture that I, yeah, so pull it back up, Ted, if you can pull it back up. And I'll show you. I'm trying to pull up the uh, the pic. Hold on. The original? Okay. The actual picture. Yeah. Yeah, so I was telling Daniel yesterday, um, so that photo there is probably one of our, you know, it's, a, it's our best photo because it really, and, and we use that for, because it, it kind of shows the person that Josh Gibson is, you know, or here he is, this great baseball player. He has all these kids around him, right? And you, you can tell, I don't know, we always joke, I say he's probably talking about a home run he hit off his bat. <laughs> you know, because he's looking at the bat and these kids is like looking at him like, oh, I'm amazed. I'm like, you know, he's probably telling a story like, yeah. And I always joke, if it's, it could be the Page fan, I'm like, yeah, he's probably talking about the home run hit off the satchel page, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> or if I'm talking to, or if, it's, if I'm doing something with the Roof fan, I'm like, yeah, he's probably talking about, yeah, they talking about the, the Yankees, this is the house Bay Roof built, but I hit the longest home run with this bat in Bay Roof Stadium. So I always joke with the other family members when we show that picture, because it's a great, you know, he's talking about the bat, so. But the photo, if you could pull the comic one up back up, Ted, I could show. But I want to show him where I can, where Josh is at in that photo, where Josh Gibson Jr. is at in that photo. Okay, gotcha. So if you look at the uh the guy in the white shirt behind his shoulder, right there, yep, yeah, that's Josh, that's his son. That's Josh Gibson Jr. in that photo. Wow. And so and Ted, the guy behind Josh Gibson Jr., I was telling Daniel, 
he's like he's like the, he's the only white guy in the picture right and so when my grandfather was living years ago we sent this photo to the post gazette because everybody kept asking us who's the white guy like who's the white everybody wants to know who's the white guy and so we sent this photo to the post gazette and we posted they sent a thing out and tried to figure out if anybody knew who this guy was or any relation to him and we came back with some information, but nothing led up to it. So I told Daniel, I said, yeah, that's Josh Gibson Jr. in that photo. So yeah. Oh, there it is right there. That's the original. Right. This Josh Jr. Right, yeah, right That's Josh Jr. right there. <laughs> the guy behind Jr. Uh, everybody was trying to figure that out. I'm glad, you know, I'm, 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 I'm relieved that he's in the picture you know because because i like i was saying earlier before you joined sean uh it's not it's not a one-for-one one translation i didn't i didn't exactly have everyone in the same spot or the same people in in my composition so if you notice on the, the guy on the left of of josh the kid it's a different it's a different child in in my uh yeah. composition uh on the on the left there yeah yeah uh, yeah right there child, but i'm glad glad that josh jr uh, was but you on have job, but you do have Josh Jr. in the right spot. Yeah, yeah. Some some kids are in the right spot. So, some like like the two kids kneeling down in the in the red and the green. They they yeah. they're from elsewhere in the photo that I had moved over. Yeah, I see them. Right, right, right. But no. So when you picked that photo, like I said, I mean, I really like that because this is one of our photos that we use a lot because it kind of it kind of speaks volumes to our foundation and things that we do with the kids. And yeah. it seems like you know, here's the thing, like you know you know josh is giving back you know it's probably a i don't know if he's doing a baseball clinic or show and tell but you, he's doing something with kids which which ties into our foundation so yeah sean do you know where this picture was taken no we were trying to figure out you see the like based on the, the, the yeah sport. that right there yeah and, you know that was years ago we can probably send it to some historians now and try to figure it out you know, we never did that. That was a while ago when my grandfather was living. He was more involved then. He was doing a lot of research on it. Um, but no, we don't. Sounds like a job for the Gazette, an intern at the Gazette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, we were, we were trying to, we, at the time, we were just trying to figure out who the kids were. Because we were, <laughs> the reason why we were trying to figure it out, because everybody was speculating what was going on. Like, what is he talking about? <laughs> so we're trying to feel okay we can find somebody maybe that's still alive <laughs> not or not alive now but back then to say hey what was josh talking about what did you, what, you know what did he say or blah 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 so that, that was the whole that was the whole reasoning of getting this into the gazette and get some feedback yeah i think like, that's what makes it uh, a really great narrative is because because there there is a lot that could be told here you know in in your own mind you know you you listed off a bunch of things that it could be and i think that's what that's what spoke to me about the picture um you know like i said i had finished i had finished it already once with the classic hero pose but but there was no narrative in this but when i found this i just kind of locked locked in the I locked into the narrative like of what what could it be, what could he be saying you know there's obvious warmth here and, and there's a story in there somewhere that that you know since we don't know it we kind of fill it in ourselves oh this like i said it's um yeah this this is great and then, like i said it's and it's all about the timing you know what i mean it's all about the timing you know with josh right now you know josh is hot right now i mean when i say hot just he's hot i mean like i said i've done 
I've been I've been on the phone nonstop and um, doing interviews and podcasts, and it's a good thing. And so, one thing about our committee and our board, we know how to ride a wave. We're riding it. <laughs> <laughs> we not take advantage of a wave. So, um, but no, and your piece is is definitely in that ranks in there too because it's something. And the thing is, so I don't know if you saw, but one of my cousins, he's an artist. And so he commented on the photo. He did like a like it's hot, and he did something. But he's he used to do a lot of the, or Josh Gibson artwork when we were younger. He's he's a he's a DJ now, but you know he's, he was he's into art, so he really he really liked it. So when I saw him commenting on it, so he's into art. Yeah. Cool, cool, fantastic. Josh, so Sean, uh, one sec. Uh, sorry, Jason. I was going to ask him. To get back to the picture, uh, we speculated on a few different things. What I would like to know is, do we know where the bat is? <laughs> do we know where the bat from that picture is? Oh, the um, bat, a bat. Yeah. I, I, um, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no. to, to, to carry on from there, do you own any of Josh's bats or any of his uh, playing equipment? So, <clears throat> uh, down in my game room, I have his 1941-42 MVP trophy from Puerto Rico. Wow. Nice. Now it's in the case. It's not, it's, when I say game room, it's not like on a wall, people can touch it. It's just, it's actually in the case. There it is right there. That's the trophy I have. Nice. I have. Um, and, you know, when you have a, that's the only prize position I have. Now, when you have a prize possession like that, you know, we have a, um, you ever see that? Y'all might, y'all pretty sure y'all might have that show in Scotland. It's called like the Antique Road Show. You ever had something like that? <laughs> yeah, we have the same thing out here, yes. Right, so we have something like that in Pittsburgh called Hidden Treasures, where you come down and bring your valuables or whatever you may think is valuable or may not be, you can get, get their praise. So they've been trying to get me on this show for years with Josh Gibson Island. I'm like, nah, nah. Because one thing is that you don't want, you know, when you're dealing with a family organization, you never know people to know the value of something, especially in your family. <laughs> so finally I said, okay, you know, let me go. So about, about seven years ago, I go on a show and it's tons of people there, but they only pick certain people to be on camera. And so of course I'm in the green room getting ready. They, they come me out. They have it on this, like on this, on air, and the guy was going. He said, "Oh yeah, you know, it looks great. You're giving it this and that." And he said, "Well, it's appraised at fifty to seventy-five thousand dollars." So I was like, "Okay." So I get it in, and of course, my fans like, "Are you going? You're not going to sell it, are you?" I said, "I'm not selling. First of all, I'm not. I would never sell it. Never sell it unless somebody gave me like a billion dollars. I mean, <laughs> never say never, right?" But anyway, so what I did though is we um, we got a special case for it. It's in a special box, and I have to wear these. They gave me some latex. These gloves are purple, purple gloves, so I don't get prints on them. So yeah, I only bring it out so often. Um, and when I do showcase it, it has to be insured, and it got to be in a glass case. It's it's because that's the only thing that I have, and I'm not losing that. So. But getting back to your question, John, um, we've never seen any bats. What I've been told is that we do have, my family has passports, some of his passports when he played. Um, some other like awards, but no bats and no uniforms, no. 
We don't have anything like, not that I know of. Now, again, so you got to realize Josh Gibson, he died in his sister's house. Okay. So a lot of his stuff was there. My aunt, his sister's name was Andy. When she died, she died in her 90s, early 90s. When she died, she has four daughters. So her daughters went in her house and got everything out the house. And so that trophy was actually in that house. Right. And one of the daughters gave that trophy to me. Right. So I don't know what they got. So I don't, I can't really tell you. <laughs> it's like you see it, you know, going to tell the family. <laughs> right. You know, it might be badge gloves or whatever in there. All I know is they gave me the trophy. So I was happy and I left it alone. So I don't, I don't, you know, one thing about me, they're older, of course. My aunt Lois, she's 85. She's like the oldest Gibson in our family. She's like 85 who gave me the trophy. And so I don't bother them. You know, if they want to keep that stuff, I'm fine. If they want to give it to me, great. I don't ask for it. You know, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Really. Uh, so, Jason, I think we can wrap up. Yep, let's wrap it up. I'm Sean, I'm sure you've got a busy schedule. Daniel and Ted, thanks again for coming on. Uh, the, the podcast what time is it in Scotland. It yeah, I would say, I don't think you got international. We've now gone international now. So, really? <laughs> it's just after midnight. At the same time as here or hour in the morning or at night no, it's, it's midnight now so yeah so we're five hours ahead of you oh wow okay okay <laughs> yeah you ever go to bed so when we were doing the fundraiser we were finishing up at two o'clock in the morning and then probably not going to sleep till three o'clock in the night <laughs> yeah yeah we would do two and usually three interviews uh beginning from 9 30 uk time in the night through to about 2 a.m. and then we would start talking for five minutes uh, after we would finish. It would usually last another hour talking about how great it was and how exciting the, each of the different conversations we were having. Uh, it was an absolute blast for us and it's great for us to be involved uh, in just a tiny wee way in this whole community and this movement. Um, thank you so much, Sean, for, for joining us. Uh, for wait, wait, in. are y'all artists too? Um, I'm just a, uh, sort of. I ran baseball in Scotland for 15 years. Okay. So it's pretty obscure. It's like playing cricket in uh, in the states. You can if you look I'm for it. Say, I know. I didn't know they played baseball in Scotland. Yeah. Tad's got a hat on. Tad a hat. Um, are you, you're talking it's like about the Seattle Mariners hat. That's a Seattle Mariners hat. Not anymore, man. Yeah, that's probably Jason. He's a he's a Marlboro fan. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Seattle originally, but I've been here for almost 20 years. So, um, but oh, I mean, really? like 2,000 people that play in Scotland in the UK, and uh, it's much bigger when you head into Europe. But it's it's pretty still obscure out here in Scotland. Yeah. So what's that behind you? Is those is those uh, baseball cards? Yeah, it's all my old baseball cards. My brother sent them over, and uh, I was like, "What am I supposed to do with all my old baseball cards?" So I just like I'll stick them up on the wall here. Um, but uh, one of the things like after talking to all these guys, they've inspired me. So I've done card art. So I take old my old cards and come up there if you can see that there. Yeah. I so, have cards. I have baseball cards too, but my collections are a bit smaller. <laughs> <laughs> so here's mine. <laughs> so uh, Daniel's Daniel's his is on the way, but hasn't arrived. Yours is on the way. I've sent you yours. Tad got his, and Sean, I've actually got a job. Josh Gibson, like eighty-two Donners card that they did the reprints out that way. So I can either make one for you, or I can put it for sale and donate to the foundation. So either way, 
<laughs> you can put it for sale and donate it. No problem. I thought I'd give yeah. you the option to do that. I figured it'd probably be more helpful if I could do an auction for it and donate to the, the foundation. Sean, here's a Josh card, Sean, that that uh, one of the guys in the, the art community made and he put up for sale, but I don't think it sold. So he actually gifted it to me. He lives like 12 minutes away from me. Okay. Yeah. You know what's so funny though, like meeting all these artists is that the, the uniqueness of different things that come up with like I didn't even know people made baseball cards. <laughs> I mean, like, like what you got, like Jason, what you're doing, you know what I mean? Until I met, until I met Heavy J, I didn't know, because I just thought people just get baseball cards. I didn't know people actually cut them and decorate them and, twi you know, jazz them up and stuff. 50-year-old <laughs> men. 50-year-old men doing this stuff. Sean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a recent thing now. I mean, uh, again, I know Daniel's been around for a bit. And there's a couple of guys who have been doing various things with sports art that I've been calling following on Instagram. And then the card art thing just kind of taken off. And it seems that another card art is popping up every week, including myself. So, <laughs> What's what's really oh, this fun great. About, this, about this group right here to me is like its inception uh, because uh, Jason and Daniel were two of the first people that I really reached out to, I think, on Instagram, as I was kind of getting my business going. And um, uh, Jason turns out, you know, we grew up pretty close to each other. His brother lives just down the road, too. And Daniel actually is the one who made my Curveball Keepsakes logo. <laughs> yes, but, yeah. I, think, I think I met Daniel when um, I posted like one of those slurpy discs of Dale Murphy and uh, like you know a few years back so it's like, a, it's like, it's like fishing bait to Daniel yeah Sean John's got a great story about how he got introduced to the Negro Leagues out here in Scotland uh, yeah um, it was through a video game um, I got into baseball initially in 2001 through the video game All-Star Baseball 2002, which I hired from a video store completely on a whim one weekend, just thinking, you know, I fancy something different, so I'll give this a try. It's kind of like rounders, but obviously after a few hours of playing the game, I realised it was a lot more complicated than that. Um, so I continued buying these games until 2004's edition, which came with it, like these videos that you could unlock, uh, through playing and it was actually like a, a baseball card type, type system where you would unlock baseball cards and get the videos and uh, one of the sets of videos was an interview with Buck O'Neill um, who I, I had never heard of, I had never heard the Negro Leagues like we, Jason can attest to the fact that our coverage of baseball over here was sort of late night TV just kind of bare, bare bones uh, we would usually get like Royals versus Rays back when they were both kind of quite poor teams <laughs> it's like the kind of blackout games um so yeah we uh i, I uh, found out about the negro leagues that way through the, this random encounter with a video from a video game uh with buck o'neill um who you know just when he would uh, listen to him tell stories he mentioned guys like josh and like cool papa bell um and satchel page uh, and it was just such an odd experience to hear about you know, Negro League Baseball, you know, the fact that it existed uh, and the reasons that it existed was just completely dumbfounded to me. Um, and then the, it just woke me up to this entire other side to baseball that that just the story has, has never really been told. Um, 
fortunately that, that that tide seems to be turning and hopefully it will continue to do so to the point that we'll you know start to see movies not just about Jackie Robinson or Josh Gibson or Satchel Page, but about Negro League baseball in general, you know, like 42 was a very, very good movie and a great step forward, you know, in terms of depiction of uh, Negro League players. But, you know, we need to see more representation of Negro League baseball um, and the it's story. Really yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's been bits and pieces of it, um, but here's hoping that we start to see more of that now with the with the recent, obviously, the recent announcement and the changes that are going to be made moving forward. Uh, let's let's see if that opens up more avenues, and certainly you guys with the foundation and the other families, um, the work that you do, um, keep it up, man. It's really uh, the, this is that's the that's what I'm taking ages to say is just keep up the good work and everything that you do, and it's great to have a chance to speak with you, um, guys. Uh, do you have anything to close? No, I would say thanks for the time. Uh, we do have some news within the artist community. Tim Godden became a father to his second child today. That's right. So it was what a boy. A what yeah. a birthday. So yeah, so yeah, you share a birthday with him, John. I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse, but we'll figure that one out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that kid also shares a birthday with Ted Danson. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Cheers, which is my favorite sitcom, so... <laughs> Uh, but otherwise, guys, if you have anything to say before we go, if you want to promote your website or your Instagram, why don't you do that before we uh, call it a night? Daniel. Sure. Uh, well, uh, until next Monday, we have the, the Josh Gibson Popfly print up on popflypopshop.com. And uh, a portion of the proceeds will go to the Josh Gibson Foundation. Awesome. And Sean, would you like to? It was it was GG twenty MVP. Was that was was the was that the yeah, so website? So we have yep. So our MVP campaign website is JG twenty MVP .com. Then our foundation website is joshgibson.org. You can also follow me on Twitter at joshgibson underscore nineteen eleven, Instagram and Facebook under Josh Gibson Foundation. Perfect. Uh, we have on the screen the jg20mvp.com homepage again. Um, all the very best of luck with your future uh, endeavours with the foundation, uh, keeping the spirit of Josh Gibson alive. Um, it's amazing what you do. Uh, and and, and as, as I've said, you know, the fact that these guys are now finally considered major league players um, is, is such a big step, but it's not over. Um, and like you rightly say, the, the story doesn't end until you know it's until it's been told in its completion or as complete a story as we can tell. So keep up the great work that you guys are doing. Um, that's all for me, uh, Jason. Uh, I'll let you. I'll let you close up. Just say hey, uh, thanks a lot for coming on again. It's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Sean. I, I got to see your your first conversation you had with the community earlier this year, so it was good to actually get one on one sure. with you as well. Okay. So, um, great. I'm getting started the card art, and I'll put it for auction, and uh, we'll see how I do, and I'll make sure that donation goes to the foundation for you. Thanks again hey, for thank joining us. Like all you guys, I want to say Happy New Year, and um, look forward to working with everybody in 2021. Great year coming up. So we have a little something Scottish before we go. So we don't call it New Year out here. It's called Hogmanay. Hogmanay, yeah. But do y'all still, celebra still celebrate December 31st? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just call it Hogmanay, that's all. Hogmanay, yeah. okay. Well, Hogmanay and Happy New Year. <laughs> we, celebrate, we celebrate December 31st. 
celebrate January 1st, <laughs> celebrate January 2nd. Of the whole week, huh? When Pretty we much. Go back to school is when we have to sober up, by. <laughs> right. Just be safe. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Have a good yeah. night. Thank thanks, you, guys. Talk to you all thanks later. Thanks for joining us, Tad. Daniel, thank you for joining us again. Just uh, I want to just take one quick second to thank the two of you guys um, for your monumental effort um, throughout this whole thing. Um, you know, we, it, I, like I posted the other day, it feels like we're really just getting started, um, you know, with this, uh, with this, this uh, first campaign kind of uh, cycle coming to an end. Um, you guys crushed it and were a huge part of bringing the community together in that first campaign. I mean, huge uh can't say it enough and so john happy birthday uh hog Manet and uh and pog maton and uh slanch lang me a long week just remember when you, when you think old lang sign you know that came out here okay. all right yeah. well yeah so anyway guys thank you so much for everything <laughs> You've I feel like we're going to have a whole bunch of American people holding up our glasses and saying hug my day. Hug my day. That's not what we do. It's just what we call New Year's Eve. <laughs> We've started something new. There we go. There we go. Hug my day. Um, anyway, no, that, 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 we, I mean, I really appreciate that, Tad. It's been an absolute blast for me, and I know that it's the same for Jason. Um, it was exhausting, the initial campaign, but we would do that reluctantly every day <laughs> we would do it we would do it every day um you know for for another three weeks and, and more um you know the amount of interesting and amazing personalities that we met and the great artists and learning about this entire other side of baseball i say that we don't get to interact with over here was um was really special for me personally i know that jason or J jason grew up in the seattle area and in oregon um so he has experienced, you know, high school baseball and, and going to ball games and collecting cards and, you know, collecting Pepsi cans to get Ken Griffey Jr. cards and stuff like that. Um, you know, obviously over here we, we didn't. So for me to be able to vicariously live all these kind of childhoods uh, of going to the ballpark and, and watching Dale Murphy uh, and, and in fact being, you know, unintentionally stood up by Dale Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> which was a great story that we told the last time he was on the show um you know for me that's been very special so uh, i mean i'm just so appreciative uh, to have been involved with this and uh, you better you better believe we're just getting started yeah yeah anytime we're looking forward to it. we'll figure out what we're doing next week now and uh <laughs> we'll get ahead and start on things <laughs> yeah <laughs> Thank you to anyone who's joined us for the stream. Um, it turns out it was actually on my personal Facebook to start with. Um, right. So I had to share it from mine. I first had to turn it public, share it from mine to the, the page. So I'll, uh, what I'll do, I'll download the video from mine and upload it to the ball caps and bagpipes one so anyone who's missed the start of it can actually go ahead and, and watch it. Um, I don't know what's happened there. It's just Facebook being Facebook, I guess. Um, but with that in mind, obviously, we love Facebook. We don't want it to not work next week. Um, we'll have something in the pipeline uh, for 11 p.m. British Standard Time uh, next Tuesday. Cool. In the meantime, right. guys, 
night, guys. Have a good one. Yeah. Thanks, fellas. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you.